with you again. And uh, Pastor Chris asked me, I'm, you know, surprised, surprised, asked to come back. Uh, but uh, I, I love your pastor. He and I are in Rotary together. My wife just graduated from Leadership Rockdale with him this past year. And uh, so I enjoy getting to fellowship and get to know your pastor. I think he's a great guy. Really, really like Pastor Chris a lot. And uh, I, you know, I was, I asked one time Brother Bill, you know, Brother Bill's in Rotary Club too. He does our sunshine. Uh, and I said, I said, why, why don't you ever preach? He said, Well, I was gonna go into the ministry. Um, I said, Well, why didn't you? He said, Because I like sinning too much. <laughs> so, listen closely, Brother Bill. 91 years old, maybe you'll get saved one of these days. <laughs> love, you, love, you, love your brother, Beth, and your daughter. Um, he told me you were coming. To, so, uh, anyway. Um, today's Father's Day, so we pray for our fathers, and I'm very grateful that I have, a, I have the privilege of being the father of two daughters. And, uh, and also now a, a, grand, a new grandfather. We have a granddaughter who's a year and a half year old, Evelyn Joy. So it is a, a privilege and a joy. You know, a, a good one thing that a father has to know, learn to do is to tell corny jokes, right? I mean, that's just part of the job. And, and so, you know, my granddaughter is uh, learning to learning her colors and shapes and ABCs and numbers and all of that and so you know we're teaching all that but you know I only learned 25 letters of the alphabet I don't know why those of you that don't get that maybe you'll wake up in the middle of the night and you'll get it but uh, do you know where to do you know where to where to learn how to make Banana splits? No. Sunday school. So, I got to be in two services, so I got two candy bars today. My wife whispered to me a minute, you better get one because I'm going to eat the other one. So I'm thankful to have my wife Meredith here. And June 30th, we'll be married 33 years. If you don't believe in miracles, it's a miracle that she's been stayed married to me for 33 years. Uh, but I grew up in Soperton, in Georgia. Uh, some of you may know where that is down in South Georgia. If you've ever been down I-16, you've seen you've seen Sweat's Barbecue, or um, it was in my family. It's no longer there, but. I grew up in uh, First Baptist Church of Soperton, and I, I made a, a commitment early on. I was a teenager when I had an encounter with Jesus, and I said yes to Jesus. I want you to come into my heart, into my life. And I remember as a young boy growing up, going to church, one of the preachers that I listened to on a regular basis was, was Dr. Charles Stanley. First Baptist Church, many years, 50 years. He just passed away in April. And I would sit there at, on that television watching him preach, listening and thinking that he was speaking right to me. And in many ways, he discipled me as a young believer. 
Then I went to seminary, had the opportunity to go to South, Southwestern Seminary, 1990, and finished in 93. In 93, his wife decided that she didn't want to remain married anymore. This was Dr. Stanley's wife. And for seven years, it dragged. They were separated, and finally, I think the divorce was finalized in, in 2000. And many at the time felt like he wasn't qualified because he was divorced to continue preaching. Even his own son, Andy, today who has an incredible ministry, left and started his own ministry and is reaching thousands of people. Dr. Stanley, through his ministry, has reached millions, no doubt, through the years through his television ministry. And the thing that I remember hearing and reading about Dr. Stanley during those times, very, very difficult times, going through a divorce, even challenged with the son. And, I, and Andy and Dr. Stanley made up later on and reconciled their relationship, which I'm thankful for. He prayed and just said, I'm going to keep doing what God has told me to do. He kept doing. So over 50 years, he pastored that church. And he, it's an encouragement to me that no matter what goes on in life, no matter what happened to you personally, people may say you're not qualified. People may say you shouldn't do that. You've got to answer to God. Every single one of us have to answer to Him and to do what He's called us to do, no matter what anybody else may think. And even sometimes division may happen. It, it does. Listen, we live. it grieves my heart. Uh, as uh, to, to deal with so much division. We've got Republicans fighting against Democrats and conservatives against liberals. And even if you saw Southern Baptists this past week, I, I'm no longer a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, but they're struggling with their issues. And, and I know that United Methodists are struggling with their issues. And I'm not here to preach about these issues. Don't worry. I don't have my guns back ready to tell you to how to get your act straight. I'm praying with you praying together that God's going to lead us as a body, the church as a whole, together, that we can work together to demonstrate to the world that Jesus is who He says He is, that Jesus loves us, and Jesus wants us to work together as best as possible to accomplish His mission of reaching this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I'm, I, I'm here today to, to share with you from Ephesians chapter Four. If you if you look in your Bibles, I'm going to be in chapter two and three and four. But I want to read. When Pastor Chris asked me to speak a couple of weeks ago, I had just been reading these verses. I'm in a small group Bible study. We 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 meet on Wednesday mornings, and we were in person. The pandemic came, and now we're meeting uh, virtually uh, through Zoom. And we're going through the book of Ephesians, and we're studying it, going through, taking a passage at a time. And it's been, there's so much richness in this book. And I was in that morning when, that, that when Pastor Chris asked me to speak, I was in this passage of Ephesians chapter 4, and when I prayed about it, I felt like mm, this is what the Lord, I believe, would have me to share today. Paul says, remember Paul, he's the author. And let me just say, I won't... I'm not, for sake of time, I'm not going to go back, but Acts chapter 9 is the story of Paul's conversion. You remember that story on the road to Damascus, Paul met Jesus. Paul was a devout Jew, he was educated, he was a leader in the Jewish system, and he was on a mission to destroy those and to, to stop this movement called the Way. Believers who were in Jesus Christ. He, that was his mission, putting him in prison, even leading some to being mar uh, martyred for their faith. And so Paul was, was about 
going on his way to destroy Christianity, and Jesus met him. Knocked him to the ground. The bright light shined, it says. And Paul said, who are... It was Saul. You know who Saul, and then later became Paul. He said, who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus. I'm the one that you are persecuting. You think you're persecuting these people. You're actually persecuting me. Which says to me, you, we can be sincere, but oftentimes we can be sincerely wrong. Paul was sincere in his devoutness to being... Uh, destroying the way, the, the Christian way. But he was wrong, and he met the Lord, and God, Jesus changed his life. Did you know that an encounter with Jesus Christ will change your life? He will change you. I'm thankful that through the, all the years of my life that I have had the opportunity to be changed by Him, that I've met Him in a personal way. He met Paul in a way, Saul, and he came Paul. He met him in a way that was undeniable and irresistible. When, G, when you meet Jesus Christ, it, is, it, it will be undeniable and it will be irresistible. It's more than just joining a church or being affirmed in your faith, going through all the steps that religion says that you need to do. It comes down to having a personal encounter with Him. And when you have that personal encounter with Him, He will change you for the better. And Saul began, now his mission was changed. He was, he was, he was uh, intent on on stopping Christianity. Now his mission changed. Now his mission was to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And specifically to the Gentiles. And in Ephesians chapter 4, we see Paul says, Therefore I the prisoner of the Lord. He said he was put in prison because of his faith, because he was preaching the gospel. He doesn't say he was a prisoner of the Romans. He says, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. I'm a, I have fully devoted my life to this cause of Christ. He says, I entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love. And verse 3 is the verse that I was particularly meditating on when, when Pastor Chris asked me to speak. I was, this verse really was in my heart. Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Being diligent, he says, to work quickly. That word diligent, to work quickly, to preserve, to guard the unity of the Spirit. The Spirit is the one who brings unity. He says, the unity of the Spirit. He didn't say necessary to preserve the unity of our doctrinal beliefs. He says, the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And in Ephesians chapter 2, if you'll turn back, going to come back to those verses but Paul remember Paul listen division conflicts they are not just something that have um, arisen in our time they have been all throughout humanity for whatever reason people have been divided over multiple issues the big issue here the Jews didn't like the Gentiles the Jews called them uncircumcised. The Jews felt like we are God's special chosen people. And even in the Old Testament, it says. But now because of the cross of Jesus Christ, the Gentiles have been grafted in. And that we are one body, the Scripture says. So read in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, Formerly you the Gentiles, verse 11, who were called uncircumcision by the so-called uh, circumcision which is performed by flesh in human hands 
There's a lot here to unpack. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, who you who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of a dividing wall that dividing wall, and I believe that we can put in this passage any two groups that are at odds with one another. We can look and see, see this, that Jesus is, about, is in the business of tearing down walls by abolishing in His flesh the enmity which is in the law of commandments contained in ordinances that in Himself He might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace. He might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by having put it to death, the enmity. He came preach peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. And through Him, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers, no aliens, but your fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you are also being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Back chapter 3, look down in verse, verse 9 or verse 8. He says, To me, the very least of all saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and to bring the light what is the administration of the mystery which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things in order that the manifold wisdom of God might now be known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You know, on this Father's Day, I, 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 I think back to times when my girls, would, when they were really young, would draw a picture. And they would bring that picture to you. And remember those days? And you couldn't make sense what it was. Hide, you know... All it was was crayons, colors, and earmarks everywhere. What did you do with that picture? You put it on the refrigerator, and you told them how much, how great it looked, right? That's the best picture that's ever been drawn in the history of mankind. Now we have a granddaughter, and we get to enjoy her works of art. What I see in this passage, in 2 and 3, chapter 2 and 3 of Ephesians, I see the Father saying to us, He's holding up, He's saying, look at what my Son is creating. My Son, Jesus, is building a house for me. Not just a, a cookie-cutter house. You see all of these new homes that are going up around in our area, that they're, they're, many of them are like cookie-cutter houses but no the father jesus is not building a, a cookie cutter house for the father he's building a custom house and in that custom house he's putting it he's building he's building it stone by stone and the scripture says we are the stones you and i we're the stones in that house that jesus is building the custom house that Jesus is building for His dad. 
And it says there that the Father is holding it up and He's, he's showing it to the principalities and the powers of the universe. To all of the, everyone. Just like a dad would do. Would say, look at what my son is building. I am proud of what my son is building. He's building me a custom home. Look at all the beautiful stones. Look at all the, the look at all the intricacies and 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 all the, the 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 nuances of this custom home that he's building, and he's showing it to the world. Now, we know the finished product. We don't know what the finished product looks like, but we know that Jesus is built every person, every person that God has created. He made them distinctly. He gave them the personality. He gave them the facial features. He gave them every, everything about us God knew and God desired and God designed. And so you and I together, the good news is, you and I together make up this house that the Father is building. We're a part of it. And that we are going to be the dwelling place of God through the Spirit for all eternity. That's why I can look at people that are different from me, that have different beliefs than I do, that have different lifestyles than I do. I can look at them and I can love them and I can appreciate them. Why? Because God, God created them. And number two, God loves them. And if God loves them, I don't have any other option but to love them. And so I've chosen in my circle of influence, I'm, I do my best to love every single person within my circle of influence. Do I do it perfectly? No, because I'm human and I mess up and I make mistakes um, all the time. If you don't believe me, ask my wife. She's here. She can tell you. But here's the thing. L just look around for a moment. Look, at, look around at the different ones here today. We've all been created by a heavenly father. We all have put our faith and our confidence in Jesus Christ to, to help us in our condition whatever that condition may be. And all of us have a condition. I'm sorry. If you, if you think you're perfect, I'm sorry. We're not. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's only because of the grace of Jesus Christ that we can become anything close to what God desires and designs for us. But we're all a part of this house, this custom home that He's building. And, and what? listen, why should we wait until we get to eternity to celebrate the uniqueness that each one of us bring to, this, to being a part of this custom home that the Father is. We can love and cherish and appreciate each other for who we are. Now I know that there are many issues that, that, that tend to try to create division, whether, whatever they may be, whatever they may be, but the issue of us belonging to Jesus and being a part of His family has been settled at Calvary talked about Saul having an encounter with Jesus and it changed his life a few, a few months ago I was walking on the trail at the monastery I love walking on, at going to the monastery and walking on the trail and um, be careful I almost stepped on a copperhead one day um, talking about your faith you, you know tent being tried and but I, I, one day I was walking and I had just one of the most precious encounters with the Lord that I've had in a long time. 
I was contemplating uh, uh, things that had been going on and potential, you know, contemplating division that oftentimes happens in groups. And I was just praying. And this, this verse here in Ephesians came to my mind when it says that Jesus in Himself took all of the enmity, all of the hatred that existed between the Jews and the Gentiles. All of the hatred. The Scripture says Jesus took all of that hatred in His body. He took it all. We celebrate communion. We celebrate that. The, fact that the blood of Christ and the body of Christ. Jesus took all of the enmity. We love to talk about what Jesus did for us personally. He saved us from our sins and secured our place with Him in eternity. But the other part of the understanding of the cross, not only personal salvation, but being reconciled to God, but the other aspect of it is that He's reconciled us to one another. That, he says, he, is he, he took all of the anger, all of the resentment, all of that negative energy that existed between the two groups. Jesus took it all in Himself. And He went to Calvary. And because of that, you and I says we, are, we can be one. Let Him worry about all the differences. Let Him worry about all the things that tend to divide us. Just keep our eyes on Him. Focus on Him and let Him heal our hurts. Heal our hearts. Let Him unify us with others in our lives that we can live like He wants us to live. And back in verse chapter 4, it says, walk in a manner worthy. That word walk is carry out your life in a manner worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. None of us are worthy in and of ourselves. It's only by the grace of God that makes us worthy to be His follower. We all have a calling. We all have a purpose why we're here. We're here for a season and a reason. And He's the only one who knows how long it's going to be. And ultimately, He knows what our ultimate purpose is. The, the key is to maintain our connection with Him. With all humility, may, don't think more highly of yourself than we ought to. With gentleness and meekness, not trying to bully our way around. Well, this is what I believe by God. And if you don't believe what I believe, you can go to, you know where. We've heard that, right? Don't not have that kind of attitude, he says. With patience. He says, have patience. Verse 2, with patience. My grandfather, Brooks Hutchison, was an impatient man. Everything was a crisis. Didn't matter if he lost a tool. He was looking for a tool. He couldn't find it. One day my grandmother said, Brooks, you know the Bible says we're to have patience. He said, I got all the patience I need. I just don't want to use any. <laughs> but the patience comes as a fruit of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. It's something that He produces in us. Showing forbearance to one another in love. That word forbearance, you know what that word forbearance means? It means to put up with. How many of you ever heard, well, I ain't putting up with you anymore? <laughs> How many of you know if you're married for any length of time, you're going to have to put up with something? Right? We're going to have to put up with each other uh, at some point in time, and, and usually not just once in the marriage, every day, something you, you learn to live with. I, yep, I learned, my, my wife has learned to live with this about me, this, this forbearance, long-suffering, the word said, the other word for patience is long-suffering. To one another in love. Wow, what if, what if the folks in Washington decided to abide 
by these characteristics and principles. Do you think it would change our nation? Maybe, hopefully, prayerfully. Now, what do we see? I'm, you know, everybody's throwing stones at one another. We're right, you're wrong. That spirit has sometimes seeks down into, into uh, the existence that we try to live every day. But then verse 3, be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Working, it says, working quickly. That word diligent, be quick. Working quickly to guard, word preserve, to guard the unity of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings the unity in the bond of peace by staying closely connected to Jesus. A personal relationship with Jesus is the most important relationship we'll ever have in our lives. Remaining closely connected to Him because, listen, oftentimes I'll go to the Lord in prayer and uh, it may be, something, may be something my wife did made me angry and I said, do you, you know what my wife did? You need to get her, God. And He'll say, Michael, let's deal with the uh, log in your own eye before you deal with the speck in her eye. Let's deal with you first. And by the time he deals with me, you know, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me. You know, and, you know, you have to deal with those things in our own lives and relationships. But then in verse, in verse uh, 7, chapter 4, skip down. Well, verse, let me just read 5 and 6. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Grace. Amazing grace. The older I get, the more amazing grace is. The more I'm so thankful for the grace of God. And I was studying that word grace one time in the original language Greek. The word is charis. In studying the Strong's Concordance, I found the word, the word, one of the words, one of the understanding of that word grace means to lean into and I started being thankful Lord thank you for how you've leaned into me while I was still a sinner Jesus died for me while I was still a sinner Jesus died for me do we demonstrate the same amount of grace with others that he has demonstrated with us and that's a lot of grace, isn't it? You think about your own life and your own screw-ups and own mess-ups, thankful for the grace that He's extended. What if we extended the same amount of grace to others that He's extended to us? What if we leaned into others? Well, I don't agree with their theology. Well, I don't like their lifestyle. Well, I don't like this. And they're Baptist and they're this or they're conservative, they're Republican, they're whatever it may be. Instead of pulling away, ostracizing ourselves and creating our own little precious sanctified groups like we often do, what if we leaned into them? To show them the same amount of love and grace that the Father has shown to us. Boy, would that change the world? Jesus said in John 13, a new commandment I give unto you. Not as the world gives. I give, I'm mixing two verses, but He said the new commandment, love God and love others. Basically. And the world will know that you're my disciples by the love that you have for one another. That's how the world's going to know that I am who I really am when you love one another. In John 17, he prays, Father, I pray that they would want even as you and I are one. 
And he's still praying that prayer that we would love him with all of our hearts and we would love others with that same agape love that he's demonstrated to us. So I'm here today to encourage you all in your circle of influence, the people in your life, whatever, whoever they may be, if they're gay, if they're straight, if they're Baptist, if they're Methodist, if they're Republican, if they're Democrat, whatever they may, if they're a woman preacher, if they're a man preacher, Baptists are fighting about that issue now. All, if whatever, whatever they are, love them. Love them. Just love them. Love them until you can't love anymore. Just love them until you just are absolute. It's, it's a crazy love. It's a crazy love that supersedes any kind of love that you would ever imagine and dream. And I believe if we did that, we could change the world in a, in a big way by just showing that love that we've received May we give it to others and keeping our eyes focused on Him. If you'll stand and just pray with me. Open your heart and your, just open your hearts to Him. And just repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, Father, help me to love others like You love me. Help me to lean into them and show grace. The same grace that you've shown to me. In Jesus' name.